Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office Equipment Solutions North America wide. Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X dot C A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Welcome back, everybody. It's 135 in Edmonton. Royal Pizza, Pizza Past, and so much more. Edmonton owned and operated for 50 years for menu and a list of the 14 Edmonton and area locations go online at royalpizza.ca or download the Royal Pizza app from the App Store. The Stoffer recommendation, by the way, at Royal Pizza is the Mediterranean chicken. A reminder, our River Cree Resort and Casino hotline is 780-496-0063. And 780-496-0063 is our new Ashley Fine Floors text line. Ashley Fine Floors has more uh for your floor brendan just let me know when the package has arrived if possible okay work your magic uh we will tell you that stockton and bakersfield are playing an afternoon game and after bakersfield built up a two nothing uh, lead six minutes into the game stockton is now up three two former u of a golden bear luke phillip has one of the goals for stockton the other two have been scored by ryan lomborg scoring for bakersfield so far uh, was, let's just see here, right shot defenseman Logan Day and Kirill Maximov not in the lineup. Kyler Yamamoto, who's been dealing with a tweak here over the last couple of weeks, along with um, Cooper Marodi. So Marodi at better than a point per game last season. Again, you can text us at any time at 780-496-0063. Topher has texted the show to say, Bob, I told you that Ethan Bear would be great. (laughs) You told us, man. Again, 780-496-0063. Uh, this text comes in from Sean regarding the interview with Brian Burke. Bob, Greenpeace guy. That's awesome. I'll be stealing that one moving forward. It's a great term for fans of today's game. Okay, Sean. 
There you have it. John has texted the show to say, Bob, there were tons of scouts who did not like Griffin Reinhardt. Well, he went fourth overall in the draft to the New York Islanders. Now, the story goes, the Islanders are not a team that spends or used to spend a lot of money in the recruitment end of the business. So they didn't do a lot of interviews and that sort of thing. Uh, John says, Bob, I love Brian Burke, but if he wants to debate Pete Shirelli, you can't let him off the hook. Let me in on debate, too. That one comes to us from John. Well, it's interesting of Peter Shirelli, right? The body of work. Obviously, the haul for Larson trade, the Oilers traded away a guy who, for one season, was arguably the best player in the NHL. Right? In terms of Taylor Hall. Uh, first year, you know, the Oilers went from mid-20s in uh, goals against, 27th to 8th in goals against, and 25th to 8th in offense with Adam Larson here. And New Jersey went from 30th to 28th in offense that year of Taylor Hall, and Taylor was at less than a point per game. The second year, Taylor Hall was unbelievable and absolutely drugged and we uh, willed the New Jersey Devils into the playoffs. Taylor was fantastic that season. Last year, Hall, I think he was better than a point per game, but injured. Um, this year, Taylor is, uh, and, and last year, by the way, Larson went minus 28. Larson was plus 31 his first two years in Edmonton. Adam Larson again back in the lineup tonight. Uh, Taylor, I think Taylor's got like, I'm thinking 19 points in 17 or 18 games so far for New Jersey. He is a minus. They got bad goaltending. Um, and it's an interesting, he scored two goals. He is coming off a knee injury. Again, to me, if Hall ends up becoming a free agent, and I believe that New Jersey is going to have first crack at it, um, um, I would suggest that 30 teams in the league would have interest in him. 30 teams would have interest in Hall. Uh, well, 31, because I think New Jersey, if they can't get him signed uh, between now and the trade deadline, might have to trade him. But even if he goes in a free agency, I think New Jersey circles back. Like every team in the league would have it. I mean, why would you not? The guy's an absolute driver, five on five. Again, you can text us at 780-496-0063. Uh, more coming in. Uh, hey, Bob, theoretically, if Holland plans on protecting four forwards and 4D in the upcoming Seattle expansion draft, then it's Nurse, Larson, Clefbaum, and who? Well, Larson's contract would be up. <laughs> so keep that in mind. I'm laughing because Jason from Sangudo is making me laugh. I relayed the story during the Louis DeBrus conversation that I uh, thought today was actually November 20th when yesterday was November 20th. And so in theory, I've kind of missed my wife's birthday. This text comes in from Jason from Zancudo. He says, Bob, any man that forgets his wife's birthday better be prepared for a Tobias Reader-like slump. Well, that's one way to say it. All right, let's get to it. It's 140 in Thank you to all the texters. We welcome back to the show a bigger-than-life personality himself. On a day in which we have Louis DeBrusque and Brian Burke on the show, we welcome back Marty McSurley. Hi, Marty. How are you? Bob, good, thanks. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Yeah, hey, look, Louie was talking about uh, meeting you in the elevator after you guys were both done playing, and uh, you guys fought several times during your career. 
He said, you are one of the best ever at the job. I think you have my favorite fight of all time. I, I just want to say that. The one you had with Bob Probert when you were with Pittsburgh. Uh, but do you recall meeting uh, Louie in the elevator after you guys had scrapped so many times uh, on the ice over the years? You know, I, there's so many of the guys, like the, the one time I was in Vegas and Bob Probert was sitting there. So I just sit down beside Prober and Proby and just see how he's doing and, and talk with him. So many of the guys who did that job, it's such a tough job, and we realize that. And I think people underestimate the respect that everybody has for everybody. Not, you know, guys like, like Neil Sheehy and those guys that we didn't really respect. But the guys that, that did drop the gloves and did the job, it, it wasn't easy. It really wasn't, and we know that. And, I mean, there's times that some of the tough guys looked out for each other more than people know. And so meeting, meeting Louie, I'd have no problem with it. Actually, it was funny. I, I, I you know, didn't know Louie that, that well. And the one day, and I said, Louie, I saw your son playing. He's a good, good player. He's going to play. And Louie was kind of like, oh, okay. <laughs> you know, but it, uh, no, you respect the guy. So you see him in the elevator. They know a guy goes out in the ice, he does a job honestly, he does it with respect, never a problem. You you did know how to drag everybody into a fight, though. That's one. I mean, you knew how to get. Let's face it, Marty. You went from being worshipped as one of the Bruise brothers in Edmonton with Kevin McClelland here, and maybe a little after Smake. I mean, Smake was here initially, but then Dave was gone. Sammy was gone after. Uh, to becoming a thorn in the Oilers' side. Because that's what you have to do for the LA Kings. I mean, Mike Krusilinski keeps saying he was the key to the Gretzky trade. Wayne would never say that, but Wayne made sure you were going to LA. You knew how to get things incited between the Oilers and the Kings back in the day, didn't you? You know what was great was I, I did a speaking event with Mark and with Glenn Anderson up in Slave Lake, and Andy asked me the question. And and Mark was actually funny. It was his reaction, you know, because Mark is such a competitor. I played more minutes than anybody else in L.A., so I was playing against the Oilers. I, I was playing against Mark's lane all the time. So if you, can't, if you don't go nose-to-nose -nose and, and head-to-head -head with Mark, how are you going to beat the Oilers at that time? There was no way because he'd beat the drum. So it was, it was such a hard thing to do because I had so much respect for Mark and Yari and so many of those guys. But you couldn't get out of the Smythe division without going through Edmonton. And the Smythe Division, yeah, anybody absolutely. that seemed to, yeah, if you win the Smythe Division, you're going to the Stanley Cup Finals with a great chance of winning it. And it was just a battle of attrition every year. And it was, it was a tough, you knew going to the playoffs, you knew playing against them that you, you had to put friendships aside. And there's times I was hated for it. There was times that I had guys in Edmonton and people in Edmonton that were so, uh, Peed off on me, I guess is a is a word I'm going to use today. But uh, it, it, but I had to do my job and I had to be loyal to my teammates in LA. All right. Well, you are a loyal guy. And uh, on that note, uh, you know, you and me spoke, and I know that uh, we, we've we sort of at times talked a bit about the Don Sherry stuff. I know Bobby Orr made some comments about Don Sherry. I know Don was a fan of you and your father's and your story, how you willed yourself to the NHL. And I'd just like to get your take on, uh, on, on maybe what happened. I mean, you spent some time yourself working for Sportsnet. You did San Jose Shark broadcasts. So you, know, uh, you know, you do the events publicly. Just give me uh, your perspective on what shook down with Don. Well, first of all, let's just remember when the NHL got the deal with Rogers for Hockey Night in Canada, right away Don's time was cut back. Ron McLean was moved off. So it seemed like there was a, an appetite to not have Don on the air. And 
I think this was a really good vehicle to get him off the air, which is really, really sad. I think that Don was handled very, very poorly. People, you want somebody on the air who's going to be passionate. How many bars and restaurants across Canada would turn the volume down on music and everything else and want to listen to Coach's Corners? I can tell you that in the NHL locker rooms, when you're, you're, you're getting ready to start a West Coast game, they will turn up the Coach's Corner to hear what Don has to say because he's an emotional man. And he gives you more than what most guys will give you because he's... He will say more, and, and he's honest about it, and he comes from the heart. Don's purpose there was to talk about the veterans. Don's purpose was to, to respect the history, respect what the guys gave up, respect for the lives lost. You're talking about an 83-year-old man, my God, I, 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 who's, who's given so much to charity and done so much. There's a ton of charity events I know Don has gone to, and they want to pay him at the end, and he said, write a check to charity. He took nothing, and he did it time and time again. Uh, and it's, it's just really sad that that's how they're going to end. They did it on Remembrance Day. What they really could have said is, well, we're going to, at the end of the year, we're going to replace Don Cherry and let him celebrate his career. But right now there's a black mark on Don, Don Cherry's career for how it ended, and I, I think shame on the people that did it. I I'm really feel strongly yeah. about that. I think that that's terrible. Yeah, it's, there, there's no question that it should be recognized that he was incredibly supportive of the troops, supportive of the first responders, an emotional guy in terms of being, you know, some of his perspectives. We all know that there's some some Canadian players that lack a little bit of jam and there's some hard-nosed Swedish players that you went to war with and all that kind of stuff. And maybe, Don, some of that stuff was uh, a little bit of a, a caricature. I think you would agree with that a bit, Marty, that, at, you know, Things have changed a bit in the hockey world over the last 25 to 30 years. But I, like you, will say it was sad to see that be the way that it, you know, it ends up ending because it's, it's just, and it's, it, it's an interesting Dustin Penner referenced this last week about how if it's a guy that's perceived on the right as saying something, he seems to be, or he or she, seems to get criticized maybe a little bit more than somebody who's on. I don't know if that's, the, but that's a perspective that's out there. But I agree with you. It was a sad, sad situation for a guy who certainly, you know, had a major pulpit during his time. Well, I don't think what they looked at is, I don't think they, it, it, I mean, gosh, I've spent a lot of time in, in old folks' homes and, you know, gone in to yep. see them and, if they locked everybody in the room and made said something that that came out inappropriately, but I mean, and I'm gonna I'm gonna use a phrase years ago, and you know the support in, in my hometown and different, they used the phrase mentally retarded. If you use that phrase now, we they they think that you're you're it's terrible. Well, it, it's you've got somebody who's 83 years old, uh, and to hear comments in an old folks' home, you'll kind of laugh and, and just kind of okay, all right. And they'll make phrase and they'll say things to you that that uh, uh, you, you love them for it in a lot of ways. But you know, Don started a lot of conversation on a lot of different things. It, it made Wayne Gretzky and I stand up and say, Thomas Sandstrom has a ton of courage. Thomas Sandstrom is right. is, a, is a very good player. It, it just started conversations, and, and and I think that's great for the game. I think point of views are great for the game. And if you look at the purpose of what Don wanted to say, just simply look at the purpose. It was to support Canada, support the troops, support our history that, that means so much to all of us that make us all proud Canadians. And that's really what he was. He was a proud Canadian standing up and to, to throw rocks at him and... and 
force them out of the game like that. I really think that that is a terrible ending and shame on the people who did it. Yeah, uh, and it reinforces you, you got to find a way to, you know, like if a, if a player is struggling, I'll see on the air, this guy knows he needs to play better. You know what I mean? Find a way to try to be as supportive and positive as you can because invariably, and I, I don't want to go too much farther down the road, I think you've got your point across. You've done a super job and just judging by our text line. There's one thing I want to say, and the hockey world is really interesting. There's things that are said amongst hockey players that nobody else will also say. There's times I looked at young teammates and I said, get rid of that girlfriend. Get rid of her. Or there's times you'll say, hey, you, got, you can't, don't, don't you buy that car. That's wrong. Or that suit looks terrible. What are you doing wearing that? I mean, or you got to pick your game up. That's not good enough, right? And there's that's where the hockey players would say things in the locker rooms that maybe other people aren't used to hearing, but that's how they that's how they'll talk to each other, and that's how we'll keep each other accountable. And you know, Don's Don's a member of our hockey uh, hockey world. Uh, I know that uh, when uh, I met my wife, uh, her dad said, "Get rid of this boyfriend." Uh, I never wore. <laughs> I, I I never wore a good suit. You'd be criticizing me for every suit. So there you go. That's because they're Louis DeBrus old suits. All right, Marty. That's uh, yeah, if we good. can. Let's just let's just switch focus. Uh, we yeah. got about two minutes left here. Yeah. We got the Oilers and the LA Kings. You're, you played for both teams. I know you do a lot of charity events uh, in Alberta. I don't know how many you do in in, uh, in California, but uh, the Oilers are going pretty good. It's a good story right now, isn't it? Oh, it's great. I mean, I was I was in Edmonton last Thursday for Connor's six point game, and gosh, you know the fans wanted to see him out in the power play in the third period and uh, I think Tip did the right thing you know, let, let, giving those other guys ice time and giving them key situations and you know, Connor is, my god he's just so much fun to watch in that team I'd like to see a little more contribution from their third and the fourth lines, I think that that would be really and I'd like to see Leon at some point take a second line and command a second line Stand up and be like Mark Messier scored 50 goals on Wayne Gretzky's left wing, and then he went and it was sec was a, I, I'm, I'm not even going to call it a second line. He he went and played center. We had we had two lines that nobody could play against us because they couldn't get their top lines on the ice because our two lines were going. If Leon takes that by the horns, boy, this team will really be heard from. I, I really believe that. Well, this team does have Ryan Nugent Hopkins as a second-line center, and that's maybe a little bit different. I was having, Actually, I I saw, uh, as you know, Wayne's in L.A., and uh, I had a uh, conversation with him earlier today. We were talking about that very topic, and Ryan Nugent Hopkins is a decent center option as well. Uh, give me a one-minute scouting report. What do you see out of L.A. right now? I think it's a team that isn't sure where to go. It depends on the pressure that's coming down to Rob Blake. He doesn't have the freedom to do much. You've got a lot of big contracts. They couldn't get rid of Dustin Brown's contract for years, and he's the guy that generally plays with Kopitar. He needs better wingers. Kopitar's still a marvelous player. Doughty plays too much, and he's trying to do too much. Quick is back. He's playing better. He's healthier. They've got some contributions now from some young guys, but they're really young. They've got some good guys in the minors, but they're just not there. They're not fast enough yet, and there's not enough guys helping Kopitar and Doughty. Uh, Jeff Carter, I'd like to see Jeff be... Jeff can be such a great player. I'd like to see him be a little more consistent because he can be a marvelous player. They've got some big trade pieces. Maybe they are a player to trade people uh, come trade deadline. Yeah. 
Awesome stuff, Marty. Much appreciated. I'm going to leave you with this text that we got on our Ashley Fine Floors text line. David Fraser say, hey, Marty, tell, uh, Bob, tell Marty uh, we, we miss all the fun things we used to discuss after a few late-night oozos at Yanny's back in the day. That's a way for me to give a shout-out to Yanny's Taverna, Jimmy Aniston, and Tammy and the gang down there. Great stuff, Marty. Thanks for your time. Good. I'll see you guys up there in early December for the Oil Kings. Uh, um, uh, uh, With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Toss, the teddy bear toss. Teddy bear toss. Yeah, absolutely. So, thanks. Awesome stuff, Marty. Much appreciated. That is Marty McSorley. All right, let's get right to it. We're going to uh, wrap things up here with this day in Oilers history. It is presented by... New West Travel. Join Oilers now on a great road trip to Chicago's second half of the season. The package includes tours of Wrigley and Soldier Field and great lower bowl game tickets at the United Center. Call New West Travel or go online at newwesttravel.com. What do you got, Mr. Escott? Back in 2013, the Oilers beat the Panthers 4-1 on home ice to improve to 7-15-2 on the season. It was Jordan Eberle scoring twice, Ryan Nugent Hopkins with three assists. All right, that wraps up the Thursday edition of Oilers Now. I will rejoin you at 7 o'clock with Reed Wilkins, Jack Michaels, Rob Brown on the Faceoff Show. Reed has Inside Sports at 6, puck drop at 8.30. Tomorrow, Elliot Friedman, Mark Spector will join us. Uh, we're working on a couple other guests as well. Up next, a news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell, followed by the 6.30 Chet Afternoons with Jalen Nye. So long, everybody, for now from Los Angeles. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.